This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello there. It's Jeremy Myers, and you are listening to the One Verse Podcast. The following episode is an excerpt taken from one of the lessons in my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. In case you aren't aware of it, I have an online discipleship group, and one of the main things I do in this discipleship group is teach online courses. I think there's about 10 courses available now for people in the discipleship group, and one of them, one of these courses, is The Gospel Dictionary. The Gospel Dictionary looks at 52 keywords of the gospel, When it's all said and done, there might be a few additional words as well, and contains, I don't know, so far, about 100 hours of teaching, and I'm only about halfway through. So um, uh, this this podcast episode is an excerpt from one, just one of the lessons in that dictionary course. Now, if you want to take that course, you have to be part of the discipleship group, and you can do that by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. Learn uh, more there and uh, join up there. So I, I look forward to, to seeing you there inside the discipleship group and uh, taking this course. Uh, this course will eventually become a book, probably several books, uh, but that's several years away from the time of me recording this. I got to finish the course itself and then edit and process. And So anyway, uh, if, if you're anxious, though, to read everything and get access to everything, the only way to do that is inside the Discipleship Group, okay? They have PDF downloads, MP3 downloads, and you can uh, interact with me there as well about the content of these lessons. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really, really appreciate it, telling other people about it as well. That's how uh, word spreads about this. If you find the content of these podcasts helpful, Uh, and you're sharing it with others. Thank you so, so much. All right, with all of that in mind, let's get into the content of today's podcast study. Okay, let's talk about Matthew 7, verses 15 through 19. This is the words of Jesus, obviously, coming from the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So in this passage in Matthew 7, 15 through 19, Jesus is instructing his followers to look to the fruit of a prophet as a way of determining whether or not that person is a true or false prophet. And we could probably exchange the word prophet for teacher even if we wanted. Jesus is saying basically that good fruit comes from a good teacher and bad fruit comes from a bad teacher. Now, it is clear from this context that Jesus is not talking about their works when he refers to their fruit. Why not? Because 
Jesus reveals that these false prophets, these false teachers, have more and better good works than the average person. For example, in in 722, Jesus says they prophesy in Jesus' name, they cast out demons, and they perform many miracles. (laughs) Okay, not many teachers can cast out demons and perform many miracles, but these ones do, and those are really good works, right? But Jesus says they are false teachers. They are false prophets. Notice in verse 21, they even submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. They, They call Jesus Lord. But Jesus goes on in verse 21 and then also in 23 to say that they do not do the will of God and Jesus doesn't even know them. So submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, calling him Lord, performing miracles and casting out demons and all sorts of other good works, they prove nothing about whether or not a person truly belongs to Jesus. So, in this text, the good fruit is clearly not good work. So, what is the good fruit? Well, it is the words of these teachers. The words, what they teach, that determines whether or not these teachers are good or bad, true or false, and specifically, how their words line up with the rest of Scripture. Now, this matches perfectly with lots of Uh, Old Testament passages, uh, especially like those in Proverbs, for example, which basically teach that the fruit of a person's life is primarily seen in their words, and how these words line up with what God has revealed elsewhere in Scripture. For example, Proverbs frequently reveals that the fruit of our life is our words, that we live or die by our words, and that our words reveal what is in our hearts, okay? And so this is also what Jesus is building on here. This is also how to decide who is a good teacher and who is a bad teacher, who is a true teacher, who is a false teacher, who we should listen to and who we should not. When it comes to discerning good teachers from bad, the words, not their works, the words a teacher speaks, are critically important. Because, as we see in in the context here, bad teachers often have good works. In fact, false teachers, you never notice this, false teachers often make sure that they do their good works in front of other people, in front of crowds, in front of audiences, when people are watching, when the camera's on, right? When the spotlight is on them. They do their good works in front of a watching audience. And so there are many witnesses to their charitable deeds and their generous actions. All false teachers look good on the outside. In fact, Jesus says here in the context that false teachers are ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing. (laughs) This means they look good to the eye, to the outward appearance. They wear sheep's clothing. Uh, By their behavior, by their actions, they appear to be sheep. They appear to be God's flock. They look like sheep. But it is their words that betray them. It is their words, what they speak, what they teach, that reveal the true condition of their heart. It is their words, not their behavior, which reveals they are wolves. It is important to note that this passage, like many of the others about fruit, 
applies only to prophets and teachers when they are teaching about Scripture. Jesus is not giving a blanket statement here about, you know, judging the average person about other things that they might say. Uh, I mean, it is true in general, in most areas of life, that actions speak louder than words, right? Uh, In regard to most life issues, such as parenting, marriage, friendships, employment, people can say all sorts of things. They can make all sorts of promises, but none of that really matters. What matters is the follow-through of actual behavior, right? That is what counts the most. And so in most areas of life, actions of a person are important. Jesus' point, Bible's point, is that this is not the case when it comes to Bible teaching, when it comes to theology. When it comes to discerning a good and healthy teacher of Scripture from a false and unhealthy teacher, the best and primary way to make a distinction about which is which right, is to ignore their works and look to their words of the person, to what they say. To discover wolves in sheep's clothing, you must ignore the outward appearance. Why? Because they look and act. They even smell like a sheep. To discover a wolf, you must look the wolf in the mouth. You must listen to what comes from their lips and then compare it with the truth of Scripture. And when you do this, you will see a wolf for what it is. In the words of Little Red Riding Hood, you will find yourself saying, my, what big teeth you have, <laughs> right? No, by the way, also, I, I, I want to keep emphasizing this. None of this has anything to do with determining a person's eternal destiny. Neither words nor actions prove whether or not a person has eternal life. Jesus is speaking about fire in the context here, right at the end, cutting down and throwing into the fire, right? But he is not referring to hell. This is not a reference to to casting someone into eternal hellfire. Again, listen to or read the entry, the Gospel Dictionary entry on fire to see this. This is a reference to temporal discipline, a discipline in this life that comes into a person's life here and now. Right? The reference to fire is not a warning about an eternal place of torture and suffering, but is a warning about what could happen to those who teach false doctrine and to those who listen to it. Right? That's why Jesus doesn't want you to want people to teach false doctrine, and he also warns us against listening to it, because it can invite discipline into our life here and now on this earth. We know this partly because of the context. In the context, the opposite to Fire is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Jesus mentions the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 7, 21. Entering and experiencing the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is not the same thing as going to heaven. Again, (laughs) uh, so many times these passages, you need to understand several key terms in the context. We need to understand fire. We need to understand fruit. Now we also need to understand the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is not the same as the kingdom of God. Um, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is the rule and reign of God on this earth, in our lives, here and now. And yes, it will extend into eternity, but it can be, uh, we can begin to experience the rule and reign of of God in our lives, here and now, on this earth. 
Okay, and that is the opposite of fire uh, in, in in our lives. Fire is the discipline of God, the temporal discipline of God. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God in our lives. And in neither case, neither fire nor the kingdom of heaven has anything to do with eternal destiny, with where a person's going to spend eternity. Instead, it has everything to do with our experience now in this life, and it is based on our response to teachers and what people teach and whether or not we listen to what they say and do what they say. Uh, If we listen to false teachers, we're going to experience fire, and so will they in this life, here and now, the temporal discipline of God. If we listen to good teachers, healthy teachers, sound and, and true teachers, then we will experience the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, here and now on this life. So, teaching the right things. Uh, even submitting to the Lordship of Jesus, or doing the will of God, these things do not help us earn eternal life, prove that we have eternal life, or even keep our eternal life. These things are instead beneficial for living now under the rule and reign of God. And false teachers are going to miss out on that. And people who listen to false teachers are going to miss out on that. Right? They will experience fire instead of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is telling his disciples, and therefore he's telling you and me, to stay away from false teachers. Do not listen to them. Instead, he invites us to to look at the words they say. And if their words do not line up, are not in alignment with what Scripture teaches elsewhere, then we should ignore and avoid those sorts of teachers. Right? That is what Jesus is teaching here in near the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He still has a couple more things to say. Uh, but uh, he's saying, look, if you want to avoid fire in your life and instead experience the reign of God in your life, be careful about who you listen to. Be careful about what you teach. Only listen to those whose teachings line up with Scripture and only teach those things that are lined up with Scripture as well. I certainly hope I'm doing that in my own life and ministry, as I strive to do it uh, uh, with every breath and every time I teach. So um, that is Matthew chapter 7. So that's going to do it for today's podcast study. I hope you found this study helpful and beneficial in not only understanding a key word about the gospel, related to the gospel in Scripture, uh, but also help bringing you greater and deeper understanding of a particular Bible verse. Uh, from Scripture. And of course, it's not just about gaining knowledge of the Scripture, but also applying it to our lives so that we can live in light of the gospel with God and with others, and also bringing this light to the world. Just as a reminder, this podcast study was an excerpt from my Gospel Dictionary online course. This course looks at 52 keywords of the gospel and hundreds and hundreds of Bible passages about the, the gospel. And uh, it is available. The only way to take this course is by joining my online discipleship group. You can learn more and join by visiting redeeminggod.com join. You not only get access to this online course, the Gospel Dictionary, 
but all of my other courses as well. We're thousands of dollars. There's hundreds of hours of teaching and I'm adding more all the time. So anyway, if you would like to learn in this format through audio, uh, you can join there. There's PDF downloads, book downloads, free eBooks, even get access to my private Facebook group. You can contact me by email and so many other benefits as well. Uh, just by joining up, I'm going to send you a free audio book on prayer. So anyway, to learn more and join me there, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode today. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode as well. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Bye.